Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, Seltzercast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. everybody welcome back to london england <laughs> this yeah. is millennial canon <laughs> i'm kira white governors my name's adam <laughs> before this episode started uh we were discussing two fictional two fictional um cultures which is england and italy british people and italians are they real um yeah they i I, i've come to the uh conclusion that they're not um you know feel free to you know uh, quote unquote fact check me liberals but um i don't think they were real and this movie further proves my point yeah um one concern that i have with this movie not to like immediately jump right into it is i'm just gonna like pretend to not care what political beliefs Colin Firth's character has in this movie mm-hmm. um I don't want to know anything about like his uh his political party I don't want to know anything about um a- any war crimes he's committed I simply <laughs> want to <laughs> I simply want to just see him as what he is um an ex-punk dad um who didn't know he had a daughter oh wait yeah. Is that my favorite genre of movie? Maybe so. Uh, apparently. Um, yeah, so we're covering um, What a Girl Wants, um, mm-hmm. a movie that I had never seen before today. Oh, nice. Um, actually, yeah, I don't think we, I brought that up to you until right now. Um, although I'm, you might have just assumed it, right, that I had not seen this movie. I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, this is a movie I... I don't know, just seems like something I would never watch um, as a kid. And I remember seeing the poster a lot, like that stupid poster with like her with an American flag t-shirt and she's surrounded <laughs> by like royal guards. It's like, okay, I wonder what this fucking movie is about. Um, is it another wacky comedy about an American that goes to London? I bet so. Um, so I got to ask Kira, why, yeah. why, why'd you bring this movie? Because I love this movie. I was in a shitty mood, and Adam goes, what movie do you want to watch this week? And I was like, ah, fuck, I forgot that it's, like, Sunday, and we record tomorrow. Um, And I, like, panicked, and this was the first thing that I thought of. Um, I even scrolled through our list of, like, picks that we haven't done before yet, and I was like, you know, this movie, I know it's good, I know it'll make me happy, we're gonna watch it. Yeah. You didn't like it. No, I, (laughs) no, I mean, (laughs) no, I mean, (laughs) that was really well staged. Um, No, and like, I'm glad it makes you happy. I really am. And I I say this in the least condescending way possible. I understand why you like it. I, I get it. Um, It's a, it's a comfort movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I see the value of that. I'm sure if I saw a second of it when I was a kid I would like him more than I do now but you know with my <laughs> with my 24th birthday around the corner and as I sat watching this on a HBO Max tonight and I sat through what three or four shopping montages I just really questioned myself and I questioned I don't know I don't even know where I'm going with this it I didn't have a good time but I'm glad you did, is what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry that you didn't have a good time. While watching it, I am completely aware that it's essentially, like, every single 2000s movie, like, in one. Like, every single, like, 
preteen 2000s movie. Like, we got Princess Diaries. We got a little bit of Legally Blonde. We got, like, I don't know, every single other movie. I think the main things that stick out, though, is Amanda Bynes and Colin Firth. Yeah. I think... Colin Frith should be in every movie personally, and I think that Amanda Bynes obviously is just a perfect lead for a two thousands movie personally. Um, so I'll get my like negativity out of the way like first because I do want to spend a majority of this talking about things that I didn't hate and things mm-hmm. that like you like about this movie. Um, I, I will comment on the Amanda Bynes thing because I. I've been pro Amanda on the pod before. Like she's great in Big Fat Liar. Um, mm. We have covered another one, right? Uh, oh, she's she, the man. That's right. And even in that, I was like, you know, I didn't like this movie, but she was she was darn good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, it's like the epitome of oh my god, she's so quirky syndrome. Like she's just so weird. She's so different. Like yeah, it's just like every time it's like I, like it's so stupid. Like the way. <laughs> the way like there's it's just like everything's the same there's like some british like elegant event and she just comes stumbling in like oh look at me yeah. like and it's like i don't know it's like yeah, i get it i have to say a lot of her um a lot of her like performance in this and a lot of things is just kind of like making noises yeah. like huh hmm hmm <laughs> that's like a lot of the performance but i you know i i like her no, and, like, I don't have anything <laughs> against her. And, like I said, I've been pro-binds on the pod before, but it's just this one in particular. And I, I think a lot of it is what you previously mentioned about it being kind of, like, a culmination of, like, mm-hmm. other millennial movies. And I was really, like, trying to deconstruct that before we recorded, because I was like, is it, like, this movie in particular that's just a culmination of all these other movies? Or is it because I haven't seen this movie before? And I've seen the other movies. And now the mm-hmm. fact that I'm watching this in my 20s, it just feels that way. Um, yeah, I didn't even want to, like, go back and, like, compare and contrast, like, release dates to be like, this one did it first. Because it's literally just all of them combined. Like, Yeah. And I think that was my biggest issue was that there's so much going on in this movie. And I don't really think any of it hits. Like, I didn't... I mean, I didn't, like... I thought the ending was, like, sweet enough. And... Mm-hmm. I, I I love um, Colin Firth always, and he it's kind of impossible for him to be bad in a movie, you know. Like mm-hmm. he's he's always great, um, but there's just something about this one where it seems like it was going for all those exact like beats, but it doesn't really hit them. And uh, like one of the worst things in this movie for me is like the the love interest, um, mm-hmm. like. Talk about the most bland fucking love interest. Oh, no, I know. Out of any of these movies. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I get it. It's like, there has to be a boyfriend, right? But Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's just like the most basic blueprint, like cookie cutter British boyfriend that you can imagine. Like, he rides a motorcycle. He, you know, he's in a band. And it's like, okay. Cool. No, I agree. <laughs> he um he hasn't really done anything um at all. Um he was you know that movie which I feel like we should cover it. I've never seen it, but I feel like it's always a meme on Twitter. The movie Raise Your Voice with Hilary Duff. I feel like I've seen it, but it's, I can't the meme that always goes around is like the video of her like singing and it's like five different voices like dubbed over each other where she like stands up in class and is like hey hey, hey." like she's just like like literally five different singing voices it's so funny we gotta cover it one time i've but he's in that like that's how uh, camilla cabello just sounds but like without the editing exactly um yeah, I, I I think I have seen that movie, but I don't remember it. But like I remember something about it. Yeah, well, I'll I'll do research and I'll report back later. Um, yeah. So what he's done this and that movie? Anything else? Yeah, and like one like British show which is fake. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because you know 
the UK is not a real place, but like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I don't like, I hate to be like a negative Nancy or whatever, but like, it's just kind of like everything about his character was just so uninteresting. And every time he came on screen, I mean, it's not like I was riveted by anything else really, but especially anytime he like resorted to that. I like skimmed it a little bit. I was like, cause I know what they're talking about. It's like, yeah. it's either like awkward flirting. Or no, it should have absolutely just stuck with the dad. It would have been so much better if it was yeah. just that. Um, and also like the whole like stepsister thing is also like a part that irked me where it feels like. Stepsisters are millennial canon. They really are. And I, I think maybe I was spoiled that we covered a lot of like legitimately good movies prior to this that, like, had, like, movie, like, it had, like, tropes, like, kind of turn on their head, where, like, they set up the evil stepsister or stepbrother, and then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they're actually not too bad, and we get to know them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this one just, like, follows through with everything, yeah. like, cliche-wise, and, God, I feel bad, because Kira's talking about how she, she's having a shitty week, and I'm just like, No, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> it's better when I'm chatting with a friend. um but yeah i think those were the two big things for me like the whole stepsister subplot i just found to be i guess it wasn't like unnecessary per se because it advanced a lot of the plot but like that um the boyfriend and the the grandpa or whatever the guy who was like manipulating everything yeah like the um the campaign manager or whatever yeah like yeah just everything there like it was just so i mean it's not like i was expecting this to be unpredictable like i i'm aware of what i'm talking about i'm aware that i'm talking about what a girl wants Mm -hmm. in the year 2021 but i don't know like just give me something anything Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm not gonna deny the fact that it is like very predictable and very cliche um I I think I only just liked it for the performances, really, and the fact that it is, like, just fun. And it also, like, fulfills that fantasy that, like, I feel like is in all 2000s, like, um, like, preteen kids, like, girl movies that's, like, surprise, you're actually rich. Surprise, you're <laughs> actually a princess. And I was like, wow, I wish I was. <laughs> like, you know... Um. Well, this is a good, like, compare-contrast with, like, uh, The Princess Diaries. And, yeah. like, because The Princess Diaries did that a lot. But, like, I feel like that movie, like, a reason why I really like it is that it gives that wish fulfillment angle. But, like, it kind of also subverts a lot of expectations of, like, what you mm-hmm. expect a princess to be. And this doesn't, like, necessarily cater to exactly what a princess is or, like, what a what it would be like to go into a British family either. But mm-hmm. it also, like, really doubles down, like, the the luxury of it all, right? Yeah. Like, the, the extravagance and the, uh, like, the fashion shows and, um... Oh, like, oh, by the way, like, fa- like stumbling into a fashion show that you're not invited to. Yeah. Um, that's Z-Canon. Like, I feel oh. like fashion shows are Zillennial canon. Like, separate from, like, New York Fashion Week and stuff, like... Fashion shows are zillennial canon. Yeah. Like I'm, wanting to be in a fashion show. Have you ever wanted to do that? No. <laughs> I did not participate in my senior fashion show. I wanted to be in pageants. And I was invited to be in a pageant. And, you know, as a child who, like, loved, um, like, TLC, like, that's, like, what I watched growing up was literally just, like, TLC you would think that it would be, like, a reverse um, situation in that, like, I watched so much Toddlers and Tiaras that, like, I wouldn't want to go into pageants. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go into pageants. Um, did you see that movie from a few years ago, uh, Dumplin' with Jennifer Aniston? Yes. Um, I like I that movie. It. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a movie that I didn't even really want to watch but my mm-hmm. sister kind of put it on and then I somehow got invested in it and then I ended up really liking Didn't it. Didn't Dolly Parton make like original music for it? I, th- I think she did. I think that's why my sister wanted to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's literally why I watched it. Um, and then it was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really good. It was fun. 
Yeah, it was a good movie. Um, but like, I always think about that movie anytime like toddlers and tiaras. Because like, didn't that one lady go to jail? Um, from toddlers and tiaras. Oh no, I'm thinking Dance Moms. Um, Abby, Abby Lee. Oh, Abby Lee. <laughs> I love Dance Moms. <laughs> That's what that is, right? Uh, yeah, she okay. went to jail for like tax evasion though, and she's she's out. Oh, yeah, I didn't think she went to jail for fucking like screaming at toddlers. Um, no, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's so funny. Um, Abby Lee Miller does not pay her taxes. <laughs> so why should I? Or she was, like, laundering money or something. Yeah, why should I when Abby Lee Miller doesn't pay her taxes? Oh, so, really quick, can I go off on a tangent? Because I told you I would tell you about this on the pod. Yes, so, um, um if anyone needs to take a bathroom break, uh, now's the time. This is the annual Z Cannon, uh, detour. Okay, so... I didn't really tell Adam a lot about the rest of the trip um, to Florida. Um, and I sent him an image of a life-size Lightning McQueen, and he never answered me. So, I'm pretty sure I was working. Um, so I'm yeah, sorry. But if, I'm, if I'm in front of a live-action, like life-size lightning mcqueen like that's pretty important to our friendship i feel like Like, so this isn't even really a detour trying to tell me a story it's actually just confronting me live on pod yet again yeah that you didn't answer my text no but uh, (laughs) as you guys know if you listen to the cars episode true zillennial heads know that cars is a very important part of our friendship um cannot even tell you why but you know cars memes are like the foundation of our friendship and um before we started recording we were discussing um the hollywood studios ride tower of terror and i don't like the feeling of falling so um okay before that so earlier in the day um friends of the pod from i was scared too as well as friend of the pod ada um were discussing the lightning mcqueen racing academy and they were saying, oh, my God, it's the best thing ever. Like, you got to do it. You got to go see Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. You're going to learn so much. It's literally like stand-up comedy. Like, it is hilarious. It is amazing. Like, whatever. So we start to believe them because literally, like, they are genuinely praising this show. And, um, like... So the group starts to go in Tower of Terror, and I'm like, I don't like the feeling of falling. So me, Sean, friends of the pod, Deirdre, and Nick go into the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. Sean is, like, adamant about it. He's like, it is the last show of the night. We got to go on, like, literally the last show of the night. And we're like, okay. Sean's like, we got to go. Come on, let's go. And they were about to let us in. And we didn't even, like, get to hang out outside. Like, we literally, like, rushed into it. There were, like, animatronics of, like, Cruz Ramirez and people, like, outside. That's her name, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there were, like, there were pretty cool animatronics. Like, not gonna lie. Like, the animatronics of the Cars characters are very cool. So we go into this room. And it is literally just, like, benches. Like, with, like, no backs. Like, it's just, like, it's, like, bleacher seating, but, like, flat. (laughs) And there's, like, nobody in there. And there's just a giant, like, 95, like, massive when you first walk in. And it's, like, red and yellow lights. Like, it's literally, like, sensory overload. And it's, like, (laughs) like put your hands together or, like, honk your horns or whatever whatever the fuck they say for Lightning McQueen. And there's, like, fog effects and stuff and, like, the screens are, like, all around you and, like, an animatronic of Lightning McQueen just, like, raises up out of the stage and, like, there's, like, it's, like, the most insane thing I've ever seen. And, like he's just like talking to you about like driving and it's like my pal doc hudson always said and then like mater's talking to you like through the speakers like a voice of god and 
Like, <laughs> at one point, the animatronic literally just, like, turns away from you, and you're just watching him, like, drive on a VR screen. And, like, <laughs> I cannot, like, two minutes into it, Sean turns to us and goes, should we leave? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. And we actually ended up enjoying it more than Sean did. Like, it was it, it was an experience. Like, if you guys are in Hollywood Studios, like, I don't even know if I should recommend it. Like, so was Ada, like, ma- like, like, lying? Like, was this all no. a bit? No, Ada and Fesh and JZT, they all had an incredible time. Oh, this is genuine. Like, they weren't just pulling a prank. They, like, they loved, loved it. it. They were okay. saying how funny it was, how much they loved it. So, listeners, if you've ever been to the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy, uh-huh. <laughs> or if you want next time I go to Florida to record a live episode in the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy with Adam. Buddy, I graduated there. Okay. <laughs> But the funniest thing about it is that it's, like, hidden in, like, the back corner of the park, like, behind the Tower of Terror. No, literally, the thing is, like, and I say this as, like, a resident Floridian, um, someone that goes to Hollywood Studios, like, once every year or two. Um, It's my favorite park. I live in Orlando. I'm very familiar with that park more than any other Disney park. Mm -hmm. I literally didn't know what the fuck that was when Kira told me what it was. Like, I had never even heard of this shit. I mean, yeah. maybe I've seen it on the map before, but I never, like, actually thought twice about it. And then I looked on the, because uh, I'm going to Disney, like, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I downloaded the Disney, like, my Disney app or whatever. And um, I was looking at the wait time for Azure Assistance, like, daily now. And then I checked also, like, Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster. And then in the fucking back corner, I noticed Lightning McQueen Racing Academy, which literally had a zero-minute wait. Yeah, um, exactly. And- and <laughs> I was, like I had no clue it was just dug in behind Rock and Roller Coaster and it I mean I might do it I can't make any promises um because I, I was gonna wrote. FaceTime you during it but I I figured that you were like at work or like you were on that Sunday, right? on a date or some shit like <laughs> I'm just imagining you, like, at, like, a candlelit dinner, and you're like, sorry, my fucking friend is FaceTiming me from the Lightning McQueen Racing... Not even my friend, my podcast co-host is FaceTiming me from the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. Um, <laughs> no, I think... I if, I if I ever went on a date again, which is questionable at this point in my life, um, but if I ever do go on a date again, I would take them to the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. I would... Uh, set up a candlelit like picnic inside of there, like on the benches, and just have him like serenade us with car wisdom. I mean, it does end with "Life Is a Highway," and that's pretty that's pretty lit. But um, I think that song also came on when we were at Cracker Barrel too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, pretty cool. It's a great song. It's a Florida anthem. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just had to let you know about the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. I think no, that's, like, an important thing I appreciate to talk it. about. Um, yeah, I mean, you've informed me. I uh, It's mentally noted, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I am going. And you know we- what? I'm going to be controversial. Take Aerosmith out of the rock and roller coaster. Make it cars. Who cares? <laughs> it's right next to the Racing Academy, like... Oh, you mean, like, just make it, like, like, you get into fucking Lightning McQueen? Yeah. Would that be painful for him, for, like, humans to enter him? Oh. Adam. (laughs) (laughs) No, I... (laughs) Listen, I'm just saying... You know what, maybe I I should... I don't think they have doors. Do they have doors? All I know... Is that Sally's muffler be Griffin? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm done. We still have a whole movie to talk about. All right.
Yeah, usually end it there, but how yeah, do I recover? Yeah, usually we would end the episode there. Um, <clears throat> okay. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hey, friends. Do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this podcast. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, Zillennial Canon Award winner, I'll add that, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies By Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, because we love you and appreciate you, listeners can save 10% on their next order with code SUPERZILLENNIAL in all caps with no spaces at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Thank you so much, Super Yaki, for sponsoring this episode. Let's watch more movies, guys. So, she's never met her dad. Um, <laughs> the, like, opening sequence, less, like, the dream sequence where her mom is, like, telling her how they met. That's very Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, I feel like. Mm-hmm. The whole, like, oh, like, here's how, like, I met your dad or whatever. Um... A child traveling internationally alone while underage is a lineal canon. Yeah. Um, it gave me very false like ideas of that because me as a 23-year-old, like I can barely even fathom doing that alone right now. Like Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> um also I was like because there's a scene where it's like you think that it's gonna like leave off on like her 15th birthday. And I was like, there's no way she's going to be fucking 15 in this movie. But she's actually 17. Yeah, that's um, that's one thing I was questioning, like, right when the movie started. Because, like, I remember when I went through the, uh, the, the what do you call it, the Twilight Age discourse during mm-hmm. our series, where I was like, they do not look 17. And then they ended up, like, being 18 or 19. Yeah. And I was wrong. Um, but... I was going to say, I'm like, listen, say what you will, but Amanda Bynes is not fucking 15 in this movie. Like, you can, you can. Well, her character ended up being 17. There was another age jump. I know, but like I'm saying, like, in the first five minutes when this is, like, happening, like, this better not happen because I'm going to call it out. And I'm like, even if she turns out to be 14 when filming this, I'm going to call it out. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm glad I was wrong. (laughs) Um, you know, I hate to nitpick, especially on, like, kids' movies, basically. Oh. Um, how has she never fucking Googled him or watched, like, international news? <laughs> Even if you, like, accidentally walk into, like, a diner and, like, the news is on, you would know who this man is, I feel like. Wait, was it established that she does not know that he's, like, a politician? Um, she knew his name. I thought she knew that he was a politician, but she just chose to, like, never, or, like, her mom would, like, never let her take the trip. Well, her mom basically told her, like, um like the story that is that we are led to believe that her mom told her is that he was royalty and she like says his full name and that like she was like driven out of the family or whatever like so you would like you're telling me like if your dad was not a famous like british royal guy like i don't know I would want some money. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess to be fair, she is only 17 here, so this is like her... Yeah. This also, is like, like, the her... internet was kind of new. <laughs> yeah. She did have yeah. a computer, though, so... I think the funniest part... Okay, the one part that, like, made me laugh was when she went to, um... She went, like, when she goes to, like, 
wherever she fucking goes at the beginning where she meets the boy and she's just like she doesn't understand yeah sure and she um she's confused by like every british like terminology yeah it's like have you ever left your house and it's like i like the one girl who like takes a massive shit and then she comes out and she's like the lou's fine and then she's just like who's lou like okay that's another thing i want to nitpick about so yeah like british slang and everything um like not knowing who her dad is like not googling him one thing that really bothers me about this is the fact that she's like i'm from new york i live in chinatown which one that's not what chinatown looks like two when she goes to london she's like shocked by like all like the coolness and like culture and stuff and she's like i don't know what a kebab is it's like you live in new york city like yeah. literally if you walk like two blocks you see like every single kind of person that could ever exist and like smell every different kind of food and like see all different kinds of fashion like not to be like i love new york but like literally has she never left her apartment is what i'm trying to say i think that's like one if thing she that has been if she was born and raised in new york like please <laughs> like you don't know what a kebab is like You've never seen, like, like, okay, this is the one thing. She's, like, amazed by, like, a market, like, on the sidewalk where, like, random guys are, like, selling jewelry, like, on the, on the sidewalk in That's when London. I texted you, by the way. It's, like, buddy, literally on my walk from the Margaritaville Times Square to the train station two nights ago... I saw, like, 20 people, like, selling, like, knockoff purses and shit. And, like, one guy was wearing a Spider-Man costume. Like, it's not that special. NYC Spider-Man. I love him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... I don't know. Like, that's a big part of, like, why I didn't like this, too. Where it was, like... She said she was, like, the Midwest. Well, she was just so, like... Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Her character was, like, a fucking idiot. Like, I'm sorry. But, like, she was just amazed by, like, the most simple things. Like, down to, like, a bathtub. Like, okay. Not knowing how a shower or a tub works and just, like, fucking it up is millennial canon. Like, it's it's so funny. Like, she gets the shower head and then she doesn't know how to, like, turn it on. And then it starts, like, flying everywhere. Like, that specifically is millennial canon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like... It's a fucking shower head. Are you fucking stupid? Like, oh my God. no, like it's so dumb. Like this movie is, I, like, I'm sorry, this is the dumbest fucking movie. Okay, but like, like, is it not a universal experience to like go to somebody's house for the first time and just not know how to use the fucking shower? Like, I understand the idea of it like spraying everywhere, but I don't know how to use other people's showers. I've been using the same shower for like 15 years of my life like, before we, like, redid my bathroom, and then I used, like, a different shower for the rest of it, like, I, she's so I don't know how to use other people's showers, like, when you stay in a hotel, it's, like, how the fuck do I work this, I'm either gonna burn my flesh off, or, like, I'm just gonna, like, freeze to death, like, I don't know, I, 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 I turn it on, and I figure it out, like, I don't, like, fucking ruin an entire room. Okay, well, maybe not everybody has that privilege, Adam. I'm sorry, I can't get those words out. <laughs> what, the privilege of knowing how to turn on a fucking shower? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why you like this new appearance. We'll maybe some things. girls are stinky, Adam. Never think of that. <laughs> Kira, we covered the Twilight movies. I'm well aware. Um... <laughs> no, I think it's just... And also, like, she has the audacity to, like, spray some, like, co- like perfume on herself. And then, like, she, like, doesn't like it. It's like, girl, you can't even shower. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Like, you don't like the cologne. Or, no, like, sorry, the perfume. Um, but, yeah, that I think that's the scene where I, like, fully, like, got, like, and, like not invested in this movie. Like, I was like, oh, so this is the kind of movie this is. Like, where... It literally, like, creeps, like, it makes me, like, okay, the movie expects me to care about her and her father and, like, this whole, like, he wants to, he has to be my dad. That's my dad. I want to be my dad. But, like, she's a fucking idiot, like, the entire movie. And I'm, like, why should I care about her? Like, there's no reason, like, there's nothing unique about her. She has, like, 
no personality outside of like I'm the quirky weird girl. I'm here. I'm here to mess things up. Like she just goes in a room and like fucks up every situation. And I don't know. Like maybe I'm being harsh, but it's yeah, like, you are. I just didn't care about anyone or anything in this movie. If anything, they all annoyed me, and I wanted them all in prison. Um, <laughs> and in fact, we let's talk about his war crimes. No, <laughs> I don't. I like him. Okay, I don't want to know anything further about his political history, his voting records. I don't want to know any of that. Hey, if we're holding AOC accountable, we got to hold. <laughs> <laughs> We got a Colin Firth Cannibal. And then she's uh, 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 she's the man. What's this one called again? What a what a what a what a, what a stinky bitch wants. Um no <laughs> I <laughs> Okay. Um Yeah. Alright. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. I mean it there are some funny parts to it though, like it, like that ugly ass guy that you know army huh the guy army no the like ugly one that's like oh hubba hubba american girl he says she can dump tea in my harbor anytime oh yeah okay that did make me laugh um yeah i'll yeah. do that that's funny and uh, <laughs> put your lip, pull your lip over your head and swallow it was an iconic line from my childhood that I thought was funny when he was like being like disgusting and like racist and stuff towards like and like classes towards like her weird boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, sure. Yeah, I. <laughs> I guess I would just believe this movie more if um, the UK was a real place. Yeah. Like, I I might, like, maybe if they put this in a real country, I would believe it. But No, she should have just, like, like, not even joking. Um, She should have just been from, like, the Midwest or something. But then they they would find a way to make it, like, classist or something. I mean, this movie... I'm not gonna say this movie's classist, but no, I think, I think the it, issue it kind of it gets away, it gets away with being like not like classist, but it's almost just like an awareness of like like they're showing people like being classist to her. But I think that if it was any different scenario, like it's like the filmmakers would almost be like, "Oh, look, so silly, so funny!" Like she doesn't know how to hold a fork and knife. <laughs> like no, I don't know. Well, it's, I think that's another part of it where it's like, I wouldn't say it's exactly classist, but like in the way that it doesn't really address any, it doesn't address anything. Like the Princess Diaries, like not to keep bringing that one up, but like that movie like really shows you like where she lives, like, you know, the, like the struggle that she goes through and like how she calls out the government at points, you know? And like the whole like the being like the duties of being a princess, like she goes against it at times, and it's yeah. like yeah, I'm I think they yeah. they try and show it in this by being like we live in Chinatown, like not like Soho or like whatever, and it's just like it's still expensive to live there, like yeah, like, what do you want? With like in the Princess Diaries, like yeah, like San Francisco is also like probably more expensive than New York, but like it's also like. It's very strange. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they never really address like class in this. Which um, is weird. Well, well, like, one, it feels like one thing that I sorry to interrupt. One thing that I did like was when she was at the like Italiano wedding in the beginning, and she was waitressing there, and a girl that she knew in high school was like a guest at the wedding. And the girl was, like, assuming that she was going to college and was, like, I got this cool internship. Like, where are you going to college? And she's, like, I'm waitressing. Like, what do you want me to do? I thought that was really effective and good. And I thought it was a really good scene um, in establishing, like, the character and, like, her attitude towards, like, school and future plans and, like, money in general. 
But yeah, I do agree. Like compared to like they definitely are just like, oh, wacky American. Like Americans are so silly. Well, it's like it's trying to have its cake and eat its too, right? Like it's like trying to be like like man, these British people, they're so snobbish. They they you know, they're just so uptight. And then on the other hand, like they just present us as being like fucking idiots. So it's like which is it? Like which, like, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it feels like this movie like never takes an actual side and never like even like I mean I, I get that's a fucking kids movie like I, I I know I probably sound stupid even like saying that but it just feels like it never goes the extra mile to like show anyone's stance on anything it never goes the extra mile to like honestly make me care about anybody like I just kind of spent this entire movie not caring yeah um, I kind of wish it included, like, because even, like, her boyfriend, even, like, her boyfriend is just kind of, like, he just kind of wears, like, jeans and a t-shirt, and, like, he's, like, working class in England. I kind of wish he was, like, like, a lad with, like, an Adidas tracksuit, and, like, like, yeah. boy, like, boy, my- <laughs> this is directly influenced by the fact that um, I went to go see the Oasis concert movie <laughs> the other night. And it was basically just an Adidas advertisement. Um, but I kind of wish that more of that energy was in this. Like, a good, like, working-class British story. Like, imagine she just, like, became friends with, like, like, like British, like, working-class people. And she was like, fuck you guys. I don't need my dad. That's I what I'm saying. My people. <laughs> That's what I'm literally saying. Like, it could have been, like, this movie could have actually been about something. Like, like that the movie just described sounds like a hundred and ten times better than like what I just sat through. Like that sounds act like because imagine like if it presents like um, Colin Firth's character as like this politician who didn't even really want to get into politics, but he's just kind of like thrown into it, mm-hmm. and his morals have kind of been you know just fading as the years go on, and he's trying to yeah. go into retirement, and then his daughter gets like. I don't know, radicalized almost <laughs> by yeah, a track yeah. suit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> radicalized in an Adidas track suit. <laughs> um, um, God, I can't imagine being British and listening to this podcast. We must be like... I don't think we have anybody in England listening to this podcast, according to well, our stats. Well, you know, I mean, that's obviously true because it doesn't exist. But if it did, I think we would have plenty of British listeners. Um... um yeah. But but yeah, okay, so like but let's we're doing a screenplay wait, wait, wait. workshop here. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I think one thing that this movie does that's good is like I mean no, maybe not good. Because <laughs> Mamma Mia is really good in the fact that like it leads up to the discovery of like you don't need to like you don't need like your like blood relatives, like you're not incomplete without a dad, like the real family is the family we made along the way. This movie up front, her mom tells her there's like not a part of you missing, like because you don't know your dad, like you're complete, you're a whole person, whatever. You don't need to go find him. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I appreciate that, but then the movie does everything in its power to like undo that. Yeah. And I do like how they show, like, how similar she is to her dad and stuff like that. Like, the scene when they're buttering toast, like, in unison, I wrote a note that says, sounds that would kill Reynolds Woodcock. <laughs> <laughs> when they're just, like, buttering I, toast at the see, table. I, I liked that little scene because I wish, okay, I guess that's another part of it, is, like, I wish the movie was made up of more stuff like that instead of, like, wacky comedy. Because... Yeah. I, I love Colin Firth as a performer. He's a national treasure. Um, uh, but, a national treasure of where? A country that doesn't exist? Yes, to Earth. Um, but I think I didn't like his character in this. Like, I think a lot of the reason why it didn't work for me is because he spends a large majority of the movie being in, I won't say a complete asshole, but like just not being a good father. And then at the end, I'm supposed to like feel something when he shows up. 
because it's mm-hmm. like but i'm like no you spent half the movie like neglecting her for like just shitty people and now you want me to like feel something when you go to the wedding to like dance with her it's like i don't know like he kind of sucks in this. i mean he, he gives a great performance it's that's not the issue it's just the writing he sucks as a dad yeah yeah and it, i don't think the movie like did enough to redeem him or like make me convinced that it was like worth it by the end yeah um yeah i mean i'm like trying to see any other notes i have well can i say one just like yeah um because like this is a little bit of a tangent on my end but i i promise it does relate to this because like what you're saying about the whole like it it was kind of going for like a you don't need blood relatives to be complete kind of thing yeah uh but then it kind of like negates that by the the very end um Mm -hmm. So this weekend, I, I told Kira about this, but um, this weekend at work, I work at a movie theater, and sometimes when there's downtime, I go find a, uh, like, I do market research, and if there's, like, no quota available, and there's a serious downtime, and I can't really take another lunch break, I go find a theater that's empty, and I go sit in that theater. And this weekend, um, this movie that came out 10 years ago called Courageous, it's a Christian movie, um, got re-released into theaters. And For what, ever- a 10th anniversary? Yeah. What the fuck? Um, it's called The Legacy Edition. And it um, <laughs> it's so stupid. So I saw, I, I guess I, I had to log in on Letterboxd because I technically saw it like out of order in its entirety this weekend because mm-hmm. every single time I wanted to like go take a break, um, uh, I checked and that theater was empty. So I, I saw that movie entirely. And the movie like literally opens with like an introduction from the filmmakers who are like um, talking about like how this movie like changed the lives of millions of people. And like- You were my, like, I don't even know what this is. Yeah, like literally like me and my coworker were like, I've never heard of this movie. And meanwhile, the director is like, we showed this to a Guatemalan general. Oh and my God. He, he made his entire fleet watch this movie. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like, so I'm like, I, now I have to watch it. Like, yeah. And um, so my point being here to relate it back to this movie is that the general message of that movie, or like the plot of it, is like this dad who's a cop, uh, a cab, uh, like he loses his daughter. And, um, who's like seven or eight or something. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a scene like right before she dies. That's the most like terribly written shit I've ever seen where she like is in the backseat of the car and her favorite song comes on the radio. And then she gets out of the car and it's like, daddy dance with me. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, and he's just like, Oh, you fucking kid. Like, I don't want to fucking dance. With oh you. my God. And, and like, he doesn't actually say it like that. Like it's PG 13, but like he's basically yeah, just like, also it's a Christian movie. But he's like, I don't want to dance, baby. I just like, he's like, you dance, I'll watch you. And she's like, okay. And like, she dances. And like, literally the next scene, like, he gets the call that she died. (laughs) um, So like, the whole movie is like him. And like, the other thing is like, his other kid is like this teenage son who does Mm -hmm. not, like his entire personality is the fact that he plays video games and runs track. And he doesn't believe in Christ. Uh. Probably not. He seems like a Reddit user. Uh, like he, he he's like actively on 4chan. He's like I am atheist. Yeah, <laughs> but he keeps like asking his dad to like run with him, and the dad like doesn't give a good reason ever. He's just like, you know what, kid, you, you ask me to run one more goddamn time, just try it, just <laughs> fucking try it. Like it, like it's so funny. He gives like no good reason to ever say no to his kids because they're asking for like the bare minimum. And then his daughter dies. And he has, like, a revelation that, like, he's a bad father. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie, like, that I realized, like, in my third viewing of the third act was the fact that this movie's literally telling you that if you don't have a good father figure in your life... You're gonna you're, die. You, like, you're doomed. Like, you're gonna... Because, like, every like every um person in the movie that does mm-hmm. not have a father figure um, is, it like, a drug dealer. Or, like a uh some criminal that they hunt right yeah um, and it's just like so like appalling 
So, like, when I, and, like, yeah, the movie, it's, like, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And the fact mm-hmm. that I saw, like, technically three times this weekend is, like, funny to me. Um, but, like, then watching um, this movie today, which is not as bad as Courageous, but seeing two movies. Sorry about, all the Courageous heads out there. Yeah, sorry. Um, but I just think it's funny that I had to watch two movies about father propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> father propaganda. We need, like, Mamma Mia to cleanse the palate. Yeah, exactly. Like, I found my dad's, and they're three little fruity boys on an island. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... <laughs> yeah, three little fruity boys on an island, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm sorry for anyone that is not interested in courageous talk, but I thought it was an interesting connection, because uh, I just, for some reason, was thinking about it while watching this movie. <laughs> um because I feel like this this generation, like the 2010s, like in the 2020s so far, have done a good job through media presenting like the like going against the idea of like blood relatives and like the, yeah. the necessity. It's for about that. the found family. Um, that's why like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is like my favorite Marvel movie because it's like literally about that. Mm-hmm. Like it's about he beats his blood father and it's like he just didn't appreciate the father that he had the entire time and it's like. It's beautiful and it's like actually about something and also like why Shang-Chi also works a lot. Like I like that like mainstream movies are like going more into that territory. Yeah. Because it's getting like more normalized. Oh, Whereas like, like you're a, not my dad. <laughs> where like a lot of Z canon movies that we cover, like they go like very much into the notion of like, you kind of gotta know your dad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. Or like your dad is half of you. It's like mm. <laughs> No. It's like, it's like maybe you not, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's my that's my analysis, I guess. Yeah. yeah. More movies about the found family. Less movies about blood relative. Honestly, that's the yeah. statement of this. Even though I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, I um, I didn't know if I swayed you at all. Like, I'm glad that you still like this movie. I yeah, you can't sway me. You know that. On anything. Even when you're wrong. I can't I'm stubborn speak. as fuck. You know this. That's like my personality. No, that's good. I, I honestly wouldn't want to sway you. Like, I, because I know you wouldn't try to sway me um, no. on some bullshit that I like. Uh, I would try, but I know that I wouldn't succeed. Well, I remember like the one time that you really tried to do it was on the Transformers episode. And I was just kind of like, yeah. Regarding like, what? Like, just that it was bad. And, and um, I was just kind of like, yeah, but have you considered the fact that it's cool? Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, mm, that's been a few episodes, actually. Like, what else? I, I mean, I know Cody Banks was one. Um, um, many episodes. <laughs> well, <laughs> the best was uh, when you were trying to convince me that Bionicle was a good movie, and then we both watched it, and you were like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, like, okay. Because the poster for that movie, like, you know that Twitter meme where it's like, um, you know, this image goes hard as fuck. Feels free to screenshot it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how I feel about the Bionicle poster, because I'm like, yo, this shit's fire, dude. Like, it's just like that little fucking dude with a sword for an arm walking out of smoke, and there's a giant Bionicle mask behind him. Like, that's the hardest fucking picture. Like, no one's ever dripped that much in their fucking life. And then I watched the movie... And then it's, like, for toddlers. And I'm like, okay, this movie catfished me. Like, this is not what I remember as a kid. I remember this movie going hard. And it's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. So I do sincerely retract my um, <laughs> my bionicle statement. Although I do implore everybody to DM Joe Biden about how bringing back bionicle could um, lead to many more jobs in America. Uh, with the production of novels, movies, toys, and most of all, lore. Mm-hmm. Shout out to anyone that understands what I'm referencing with that. You're yeah. our one. Yeah. I remember that. Do you think um do you think Colin Firth would legalize um production of Bionicle stuff in the UK? I think he would simply say, What the bloody hell is a bionicle? And I if I was Amanda Bynes boyfriend and I like came over and I, I just did it to, like, pitch him Bionicles, and he said that, I'd be like, I'm glad you asked, sir. And I, like, just pull out. Like, a bunch <laughs> of- 
mansplain bionicles to Colin first. That's why I do it on all my Tinder dates. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so this- <laughs> Nobody asked. <laughs> uh, so, moral of the story is um, British people bad. Bionicles? Good. All right. Yeah? I I guess so. Oh, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, my entire family is British, but they're not, like, oh, let's do a debutante ball. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> debutante ball. Um, I don't know. I, this is like the second Amanda Bynes movie we watched that like involves like a debutante ball. It's yeah. a little weird. I maybe so, like, we're celebrating your coming out, and she's like coming out for what? And it's like, girl, <laughs> <laughs> eyeballs emoji. Um, <laughs> wait, hold on a second. What? I have a theory here. What? This doesn't make much sense, but if you humor me enough it might okay mm-hmm. so I have a theory that her father is not Colin Firth mm-hmm. um, her name is Daphne Reynolds it's Reynolds Woodcock Cock. yeah the way they butter the toast you know to celebrate the release of the trailer of licorice pizza oh yeah I can't believe we didn't talk about that yet. Yeah. I, uh, I think that, uh, it could, uh, could be so. Yeah. This entire movie, but it's literally just, like, Phantom Thread. Um, Licorice Pizza looks amazing. It's probably gonna be the best movie of the year. Yeah. Um, I literally haven't seen a movie better than phantom thread since phantom thread exactly um so i'm hoping licorice pizza changes that but Mm -hmm. you know i'm also fine if it doesn't um because i like i like to keep saying that you know like i like to keep saying i haven't seen a movie as good as phantom thread since phantom thread yeah um yeah i agree um like a new release i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, there hasn't been a better new release since Phantom Thread. Like, and there I'll hasn't say- been, like, I feel like I don't know, like, one person who hasn't liked Phantom Thread. Like, I feel like I've, like, I've never met somebody or seen anybody. Like, I hate Phantom Thread. It's, like, no discourse, just good vibes. I know a person, but... Oh, okay, well, they can go fuck themselves. Um, no, I think yeah, yeah, they can. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, twenty nineteen came like really close because like there are a lot of movies that year that came out where I was like, damn, this is kind of one of the best movies I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. um, like Parasite. Even The Lighthouse came like really close for me. But oh, Parasite! Just... Parasite, I feel like is up there. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying it's like actually worse. I'm just saying like I haven't felt that way for a movie yeah like i don't know like i would say three movies of the past like since phantom thread that have challenged it are all from 2019 like uncut gems parasite and the lighthouse all three like Mm -hmm. challenged it even 2017 like it was kind of hard for me to put phantom thread over like ladybird and uh like florida project and shit like that but yeah um what i'm trying to say is (laughs) He makes good movies, and yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Especially Notice how we're like avoiding this. talking about <laughs> we're avoiding talking about what a girl wants. We're just talking about Lightning McQueen and Phantom Thread. Honestly, we should just like make a pod, like a separate pod about like Phantom Thread. Just, just honestly, like going off on like whatever the fuck we want to talk about. We should literally just make a podcast out of like. We are so funny. We should just make a podcast. I'm down. You know, you when, like, when, like, extremely normal people are just, like, having a conversation. 
I'm guilty of this. I'm not like making fun of other people, but like whenever anybody has like a conversation, they're like, we should totally make a podcast. You know? Yeah. I was, uh, one of my coworkers said that the other day and I was like, yeah, you actually should. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was like, that means a lot coming from me. I'm like, it really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Like, literally, I don't know. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is... Never make a podcast. I guess what I'm trying to say is, Colin, no, what's her name? Uh, Something Reynolds? Daphne Um, Reynolds. Daphne Reynolds, whatever. Um, She's stinky, and um, she would not have a good podcast. Um, And I... She also wouldn't have a good movie because she does have a movie. And it's this one and it's not good. Um, so, yeah, I didn't like this one. But hey, I'm open to more Stinky Girl cinema in the future. Yeah, I think that uh, Stinky Girl representation has been down lately <laughs> and we need to get it back up. Um, yeah, you're here first, guys. Uh, so stop showering. Um, no more showers. Especially for those of you who can't figure out how to turn on the fucking shower head. Mm-hmm. You stick a fucking mess in the bathroom every time you go. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't shower. That mm-hmm. way in public we all know which of us knows how to turn on a shower head. Which of us is British? That uh, <laughs> that meme of Melman. Melman, yeah. I was just thinking <laughs> Why are you British? British. <laughs> Why are you British? Amanda Bynes when she found out who her father was. <laughs> <laughs> I sent that meme because I can you tweet that on the pod account. Yeah, I don't uh, have that meme. Uh, yeah, I'll find it. Um, <laughs> uh, one time on a, I think it was is either Tinder or Bumble, but um, here in Florida, this is my last tangent before we can wrap it up. Um, I match with like a lot of tourists. From mm-hmm. different parts of the world that are here for Disney or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I matched with a British girl. Oh, yeah, it was Bumble because I couldn't send pictures on Tinder. Mm-hmm. And my opening, like she said, like she said something like sarcastic to me as the opening on Bumble. And I just replied with like the picture of Melman saying that, like, why are you British? Um, and then we went into like a whole like conversation about like the difference in American culture and British culture and like different terminologies. And uh, it was a great experience. So maybe we should have had her on the pod for this. Um, <laughs> Explain to us why British people are real. Defend your case. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember that um, there's like, oh, shit, I think when the PS5 was coming out um, in Britain, there was like a bunch of like robberies of like, trucks around christmas time mm-hmm. like just robbing them for ps5s and yeah. like the replies to the tweet like that, fast and furious when they're well, like stealing the dvd players well like the replies to the article were like what like they're just showing like what the guns were and they were like muskets or like fucking like <laughs> <laughs> so fucking <laughs> yeah it's like wasn't like a rapper someone like revealed to be british Probably. or have like a british name or something and everyone was like making memes like that with like the muskets and like the like they were making memes about like the revolutionary war or something it was so fucking funny it's it's really good like every time british people are just like in the meme sphere it's really uh-huh. good uh-huh. um <laughs> God. all right um i don't know any final thoughts on this um it's a great movie yeah <laughs> it's free to stream on hbo max and i was so happy that it was free to stream because i didn't have to pay 3.99 to rent it even though i have it on dvd <laughs> that's ridiculous i uh yeah i streamed on hbo max as well um I guess I'm happy that it was on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have found it like illegally anyways, but yeah. Um, I guess I'm glad that I didn't have to put an extra effort for this movie. Yeah. Um, 
And I'll do anything for Colin Firth, so. Yeah. I guess it was all worth it in the end. Nobody better than Colin Firth. Um, so it feels like a good time to announce this. It, it, less of an announcement, but more of like just a confirmation. Uh, the fact that we're going to be doing another spooky October mm-hmm. after this up, because that's next week. Oh, um, shit. It's already October. Yeah, man. Um, so uh, just for anyone all zero people who are wondering <laughs> if we were doing that again. Um, we're we're going back to doing spooky movies in October. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Spooky month is upon us. Um, I said spooktober. I don't know if Kira had another name for it, but... Um, October. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Sorry, Adam. Uh, why are you trying to fit in when you were born to stand out? <laughs> hey, normal is a setting on a dryer. All right. Oh my god. Remember the girl on Vine that like the one had girl. like Joker makeup on, and she's like, "Don't let them dull your sparkle." Like. And then she was, like, holding, like, a toothpaste thing, and she, like, squeezed all the toothpaste out, and she's, like, these tooth, this toothpaste is your words. Once you let them out, you can't get it back in, or something like that. Do you really not seems, know what I'm talking about? No, but it seems like she would gaslight me. Uh, maybe. Good. I'll find her. I'll send her over to you. Please do. I, yeah. I'm in need of that. Um... All right. Well, on that note, quirky, stinkies, um, British people. Uh, I don't know. What else is there? Dumb Americans who don't know how to shower. Um, where can everyone find you online, Kira? Oh, I'm going first this time? Oh, okay. I'll go first. You can go first. That's, that throws off our rhythm. What are you talking about? I well, just like how British people drive in the opposite lane. Uh, <laughs> true, that's true. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't have a joke about that in this movie. I um, that's like a classic go-to, like British, like American British comedy moment. Um, I thought about that in Shang Chi, the other. I I don't think um I know that's not in Britain, but like when they were like the cars, like the steering was on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. I was like really confused for that's a, point. a classic comedy moment. It really is. Um, anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Um, my other podcast, AOK, uh, aggressively okay. Um, yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah, you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji and follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon and you can find me in the theater watching licorice fucking pizza. Hell yeah. Um yeah, absolutely. So we'll be back. Um see y'all next week for some spooky fun. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs>